Ruth chapter number 4 and verse number uh, 1. Of course, the book of Ruth is, is a uh, record of how God in providence uh, pulled a Moabite sinner girl out of Moab, brought her into a field, and in that field she met her redeemer, uh, Boaz. And in chapter number 3, she goes in and surrenders herself and lays herself at his feet. And so in chapter number 4, he's going to take care of the situation. And in this chapter, we're going to see how Ruth becomes a part of the family of God. Let's look in verse number 1. The Bible said, Then went Boaz up to the gate and sat him down there. And behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, Ho, such a one. Turn aside and sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. He said unto the kinsmen, Naomi that is come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know. For there is none to redeem it besides thee. I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi... Thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Now this was the manner in former time in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing. For to confirm all things, a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor, and this was the testimony in Israel. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. Boaz said unto the elders and unto all the people, Your witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's, all that was Chilion's and Malon's of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren, and from the gate of his place. Ye are witnesses this day. Verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. Verse 17. And the women, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, There is a child born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed. He's the father of Jesse and the father of David. I can imagine in this day and in this time... And probably there were those who wondered and questioned how that this lady owned so much land and such a field. 
Because you see, when she marries into the family, she marries a man, the Bible said, is a mighty man of wealth. So therefore, she becomes a mighty woman of wealth. And everything that is in Boaz's name is in her name now. And there would be those that would say, the woman that lives in the, in the house up there above the big field, uh, well, is she from around here? Where did she get all of that? And someone might answer and say, oh, well, you don't know her. Uh, she used to be a Moabite. She's from Moab. They might answer and say, from Moab? Well, how in the world does a Moabite come to the place that she, she owns that much in Israel? Oh, they said, well, she's a part of the family now. And that's how she got in on all of that. And the question might be asked, well, how do you take somebody with such a past coming out of Moab and bring to her to the place of which she is, she is now such an owner of such vast land, no doubt, and so wealthy in the land of Israel? How in the world does this happen? How do you get from there all the way over to here? What are the processes of becoming a part of the family? And of course, I'm talking about becoming a part of the family of God. Now, I want to point out to you three important ways in which Ruth became a part of the family. I want you to notice with me, first of all, Ruth is a part of the family. And of course, this is the way and the ways of which you and I become a part. And I'm glad I can say this morning that I am a part of the family of God. And the Ruth becomes a part of the family of God in these same three ways that you and I become a part of God's heavenly family. I want to point out to you, first of all, she is a part of the family of God by the courthouse records. In verse number one, Boaz goes up to the gate. Now, the gate in those days was the same thing as what the courthouse would be in our day. They didn't have a specific building that was built to settle the legal matters. Therefore, uh, you would always go to the gate, and the elders of the city would be at the gate, and you would call them together, as we have read in the text, and they would sit down, and there before the elders of the city, you would settle all of the legal matters that were at hand. And so what Boaz is going to do, he wants to settle this issue in this matter. He doesn't want any questions to be asked in the future concerning uh, Ruth's past. And so he's going to go to the courthouse. He's going to go up at the gate and he's going to settle all of the records up there. So if there's any question about this young lady, then everybody will know according to the courthouse records that she is a part of the family. Now, several years ago, four or five years ago, I went back to the courthouse in West Virginia and I was a searching for my mother. I was trying to get a social security number or something of which I could trace her. And uh, you know, I'd been told as far back as I could remember that my last name was Williams. They taught me that. And when I went to uh, 
uh, to school. I, I, was, I, I signed my name as Dana Williams. And all my life on any kind of important papers, I've always put that name there. And the reason why I did is because that's what they told me my name was. They said it was Dana Williams. But here five or six years ago, while I was in the courthouse, I was tracing for my mother's records, and I came across my own records. And would you believe it, right there before my eyes was the record that was given in Charleston, West Virginia Courthouse, Kanoa County, that I was the son of Lester and Kathleen Williams. I really was a Williams. Now, Everybody had told me why I was, and I didn't have any reason to doubt it. But the truth of the matter was, the records say that I am. That's important. Wouldn't it have been terrible if I'd have got there and found out I was a smith? I'd have had to go back, undone all the records of importance. I'd have had to done something to change the legal record of who I was. But you see, the truth of the matter is, it didn't make any difference what everybody else thought and how they felt about who I really was. If the records say that I'm a Williams, then I am a Williams according to the record. But the important thing is, is not what your neighbor thinks. The important thing is what the document says at the courthouse. And can I say to you this morning, it doesn't make any difference whether I think you're saved or not, or the preacher thinks you're saved or not, or your mom and daddy thinks you're saved or not. The important thing is, is what the record on high says. Oh, Job said, my witness is in heaven, and my record is on high. Boaz said, I'm going to settle this matter that from now on, she's going to be not a Moabite, but a Boazite. She's going to be a part of the family. And I'm glad when Jesus died and ascended back to the Father. Thank God. 32 years ago, I came into the preparation of salvation that he had already made, and he wrote my name on high. There may be times, as Brother Lanny said, I may not act like I'm a Christian. There may be times I may not seem like a Christian. There may be times I may not feel like a Christian. But honey, the important thing is, the record has it settled. The Bible said, whosoever's names were not found written, in the Lamb's book of life were cast into the lake of fire. I'm glad my name is written down. It's settled at the gate. I know how I was born a sinner. I know how I lived as a sinner. But thank God heaven doesn't have a record of that. It has a record of my salvation. Oh, listen, I know she was a Moabite. I know she was born a Moabite. I know she had Moabite blood on her. But if you went to the gate, honey, it said she was a Boazite and an Israelite. Because she's part of the family. 
Somebody said, how do you know for sure that you're going to make it come judgment day? Oh, that's easy. You see, my elder brother is my lawyer, and his daddy is the judge. I think I got it pretty well made, don't you? Oh, I'm glad. She's in because of the courthouse records. What does heaven have to say about you? Now, I want you to notice the second thing with me. She's a part of the family, not only because of the courthouse records, thank God. (laughs) Name written down. But she is a part of the family because of her connections to royalty. You do know who this young lady is, don't you? Did you notice in the scripture there where the Bible said she is the mother of Obed? The baby's name was Obed in verse 17. Obed's the father of Jesse. Jesse's the father of David. Do you know who David is? (laughs) Greatest king Israel ever had. (laughs) She's kin to the king. You reckon that makes her part of the family? Amen. If you could have done a test in that day like they can now, the DNA. (laughs) And you could have taken David and checked his blood. And then went and checked the blood of his grandma, great-grandmama, Ruth. You'd have found out they both had the same DNA. They were kin to one another. And honey, if you're kin to the king and you've got the same blood as the king's got, I'd say you're part of the family. (laughs) If you've got any questions, check the record. And if you've got any more questions, check the bloodline. Kin to the king, thank God. I'm glad. Oh, yes, the songwriter said, oh, yes. I'm a child of the king. Oh, his royal blood now flows in my veins. No matter what the past said, I'm kin to the king. And if you're kin to the king, honey, you're part of the family. You know how oftentimes you've heard it said, and maybe said it about somebody, I tell you, old John will never die as long as that boy is alive. And what they're saying is, is they're so much alike because they're kin, they're part of the same family. They've got actions and attributes and looks and characteristics that are alike because it comes through the bloodline. A lot of times I've got... Uh, I had six brothers in my family, and a lot of times my wife will say to me, you're acting just like your brother. And I'll say, well, who do you want me to act like, your sister? (laughs) Don't you know there were times when people looked into David's eyes. I mean, the old timers that knew David and knew Ruth, the great-grandmama, that there were times that they probably looked in David's eyes and said, Son, you remind me of your great-grandmama. You got her eyes. You got her spirit about you. Why, you remind me of your great-grandmama Ruth. Because they were kin to one another. There were physical characteristics. <laughs> it's amazing to me to know that David had Moabite blood in him. 
Isn't that something? Boy, that reminds me of the Lord Jesus who became sin for us, dying for our sins, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Kin to the King. Got royal blood. Connections there. Makes her a part of the family. You know, I've thought about this often, and I, I really believe this to be so, that the hardest thing for you... I mean, I done told you I'm a Williams, and my wife thinks I act like a Williams. But the hardest thing on earth for me to do would to be a, try to be a smith. I'm just not a smith. See? I was born bred a Williams, and they, I mean, it just got that we all short and dumpy and all them other things. And I can't do anything about some of that stuff. I just born that way. And the hardest thing on earth for me to do would be to try not to be a Williams. I just, just so out of, been out of shape. And I hear folks say a lot of times, you know, it's just so hard to be a Christian. Hmm? I'm going to tell you something. If you're born of the Spirit of God, you ought to try not to be a Christian if you want to try something hard. Huh? It's like the Sunday school teacher was teaching this morning. I mean, if you're born of the Spirit of God and you got, I'll tell you, you've got divine blood flowing in your veins, try not to be. Amen. I just can't help it. I got it in me, yes, and sir. it's a part of me. Yes, and I'm going to tell you, there is that bloodline connection. Bloodline connection. As a matter of fact, can I say to you this morning that heaven, heaven is only for kinfolk. Amen. There won't be nobody else in heaven but kinfolk. If you're not kin to the king, you're not welcome. And you can't come in. (laughs) That's why heaven's going to be a family reunion. Because it's only going to be family there. (laughs) Jesus said, you're of your father the devil and the deeds of your father will you do. Born of the spirit of this world, and they can't help but live ungodly and be ungodly. Right. Honey, if you're born of the spirit of God, you can't help but be godly. Yes, sir. It has that attribute and that connection. Amen. She is a part of the family because of the courthouse records. She is a part of the family because of her connections to royalty. She's kin to the king. Kin to the king. But then can I say to you thirdly, she's a part of the family. Somebody said, yeah, but now I know she's a Moabite. Well, I mean, she was a Moabite, but she's still part of the family. Because if you check courthouse records, that's what they say. And, and, and a great-grandson's king in Israel, I guess, that ought to, that ought to make her part. But she's a part of the family, lastly, because of the claims of redemption. The claims of redemption. Now, this young lady's got some claims on her. And in verse number 5, I notice that the grave claims are on her. Of chapter 4. Said, uh, this is what Boaz said, What day thou buyest the field 
of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead. She got grave claims on her. It reminds me of you and I. The Bible said, Wherefore is but one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death has passed upon all men, and that all of sin. We got grave claims on us. Death's going to claim everybody that is, that is represented here this morning. There's a grave claim. And so when... Uh, Boaz goes up to the gate. What he wants to do is he wants to say, he wants to solve all the claims that are on this young lady. He said, I want to take care of all of these claims. I want to get rid of all of them. When I leave out of here, I want one claim to be upon her. She's got these grave claims on her, but not only that, she's got greater claims on her. In verse number 4 and 5 and 6 on down through there, uh, he deals with this, this nearest of kin, this man that is, that is nearest of kin. Verse number 4, he said, I thought to advertise thee, saying, buy it from the inhabitants. And uh, he wants him to redeem it. He said, if you can redeem it, redeem it. And the old boy said, well, I will redeem it. He said, well, now, wait a minute. There's something more of this. Yeah. If you're going to redeem this, yeah. you're going to have to redeem Ruth the Moabitess, right. and you're going to have to do not only some redeeming, but some resurrecting, because you're going to have to raise up the name of the dead. Yeah. Well, he said, now, I might be able to redeem a little bit, but I can't do no resurrecting. I just, I can't do it. And so Boaz said, well, that's what I'm up here for, to see who can do the redeeming and who can't do the redeeming. Now, if you'd have been there in that day, it'd have been easy to find out who could redeem. And what it means to redeem means to, be, to put things back like they're supposed to be. And walking around up there on that hill, you could tell who had the power to redeem and who didn't. You know how you can tell? Well, see, if a fellow couldn't redeem, what he had to do is he had to take his shoe off. That's what the scripture said there in verse 7. And he had to give his shoe to the other man. So what the other fellow's got to do, I don't know what his name was, said, ho, such a one. Could have been anybody. But he took his shoe off, and what he did is he handed that shoe to Boaz. So if you're up there and you see a guy walking around like this and you say, well, how come that guy's walking all cockeyed like that? They said, well, he's just got one shoe on. Well, what's he got one shoe on for? Because he can't redeem. That's easy to tell. If you want to find a fellow that can't redeem, just walk away, watch the way he walks. It's easy. Did you ever ask somebody if they were saved? If they know the Lord, and they said, well, my daddy's a deacon down there at the Go church. Ahead. Go ahead. Huh? You can just about tell. Yeah. Do you know the Lord? Well, I've been a member of the church. I was baptized, I guess, 20 years ago. <laughs> oh, you were? I remember visiting, knocking on the door one time. And the fellow came to the door and I asked him if he was saved. And he said, he got all spooky out. He said, oh, yes, let me tell you about it. I said, well, I'd like to hear it. 
He said, well, one day I was sitting by this bay window here. And he said, I saw a flash of light outside. And I run to the door and said, I opened it up. And I felt like a BB hit me in the chest. And I've been saved ever since. <laughs> well, I just figured what happened was... The boys was playing around outside, shining the flashlight in the window. He run to the door and they shot him with a BB gun. <laughs> but I'd hate to think I was going to stand in heaven's gate with a story like that, wouldn't you? Huh? Amen. See, there's a lot of folks clinging to a lot of things in this world and thinking they're going to get to heaven and honey, they just all cockeyed. They're not going to get in because they ain't been redeemed. You can tell it. Just got one, she won, one, she off. And that's the way they walk. <laughs> that's the way he had to walk. When he come down off the hill, he had to go to the house like that. He couldn't redeem. Uh-uh. See, there's only one that can redeem. Everything else is fake. It doesn't have, it doesn't have the power of redemption. So you could tell the guy that couldn't redeem. Just look at his feet. But I'm going to tell you, there's another fella up there walking around. He's walking level. Let me borrow your shoes there, buddy. He's walking level. You got one guy that's got one shoe, and you got another guy that's got three shoes. <laughs> well, you say, what's that guy doing with the three shoes? So, well, he's the guy done the redeeming. He got the shoe. Sign of redemption. He done bought it all, lock, stock, and barrel. He done been up to the gate. Settled the courthouse matters Amen. and said, boy, give me the boot. Amen. It's mine. Amen. Boy, can you see him up there? One guy, he just, he walking around like this. Another guy said, we'll see y'all now. Appreciate everything. Everything's settled. Everything out in the open now. We got this settled, right? Okay, I got the shoe. <laughs> And that shoe said it all. That's it. He redeemed. Back down there at the house, chapter 3, the last verse, Naomi's told Ruth, said, Sit still, my daughter. He won't rest until he has settled the matter. And can you see her pulling the chair up right beside the window that looks up at the gate? And she say, Mama Naomi, which one of those roads did you say you'd be coming down? Oh, honey, said it'd be coming right down, right down through there. See that? Just keep your eye right there. Because, see, she realized everything depended on what happened up at the gate as to whether she's going to be redeemed or not. <laughs> and in a little bit, I can hear her say, Mama Naomi, I think that's him. Is that him? He's coming down off the hill. But she said, wait a minute, I see something strange. Looks to me like he's got a shoe in his hand and he's waving it just like that. <laughs> I don't believe he came off the hill with it hidden behind him, do you? And I can see old mama and them saying, honey, get up and shout now. It's all over. <laughs> he's got the shoe. You've been redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory. Amen. The songwriter said, Christ is mine. And can you see when he got to, got to the house, I can imagine her taking that old shoe and saying, Honey, you don't mind if I keep this, do you? Put it right at the head of the bed. And all the years to come, folks didn't know anything about this. 
time passed and I can see an old fellow coming to the house doing the census. How many Israelites there are now? And he says to her, where were you born? She said, well, i be honest with you, I'm, I was born in Moab. Yeah. Oh, said, you're not Israelite. Oh, yeah, she said, I'm Israelite. Amen. I'm part of the family. <laughs> well, now that don't sound right here. I don't have any, I don't see how that would work. You mean to tell me you own this farm and you're Israelite and you was born in Moab? She yeah. said, sure did. He said, well, I don't hardly believe that. I'm sorry, ma'am. She said, well, I'll tell you what you do if you got time today. If you got run up there at the gate, check with the elders. They got the records up there. And the records will verify that I am an Israelite. Oh, he said, I don't have time to go up at the gate. She said, well, if you got time, we'll run down here and do a blood test. We can check that out and you can see that uh, I'm kin to the king. He said, well, I wouldn't have time for that. She said, well, how about just coming on in here in the bedroom? I can see him walking back in the bedroom and she takes him back in the bedroom and points at the shoe. And he says, well, praise God you are, aren't you? You've been redeemed, haven't you? He knew what that shoe meant. <laughs> I just check her down right here. One more Israelite. No record of a Moabite. When the census is over, honey, she's just she's another one, a part of the family. Hallelujah. And when the census of heaven is over, you're gonna find a little Moabite sinner girl accounted for. And not only her. You're going to find a little old center boy from the hills of West Virginia. His name's written on high. Kin to the king. Because I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. Aren't you glad tonight or this morning that you're a part of the family? And the only way you got in is because of the courthouse records. Because of your connections to royalty. And because of the claim, the claim of redemption upon your soul that can never, ever be changed. I'm glad of that, aren't you? The songwriter said, I'm so glad that I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain. Cleansed by his blood. I'm joined heirs with Jesus. Thank God. I'm glad to be a part of the family, aren't you? Well, she's in now. She's a part. And thank God we'll witness that one of these days on high. You say, preacher, where are you going from here? I'm headed toward home. You say, Bruce Pine? No. Heaven. Amen. Where my family is. Yes. I'm looking forward to the family reunion. Yeah. When all God's children get home, aren't you? Amen. Let's stand and bow our hands.